Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to a brand new podcast, and it's all about battles. What kind of battles? It's a battle of the decades. I'm your yes. host, Mike, and along with me is my co-host for this, Josh. Josh, are you ready for this battle of the decades? Oh, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> so this is a concept that is just beyond the both of us because he loves the 90s. He loves the 90s. <laughs> uh, I love the 80s. And we figured we battled the decades of 80s versus 90s through film. And this is just the first episode. And we're starting with Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, that is. That's right. It's heavy hitter. Heavy hitter for the first episode. <laughs> it is. He he. We had like a back and forth on Messenger and we're just like, why did I just do turn this to a podcast? And he's like, let me choose the first film, Jurassic Park, 93. And I'm like, yes, oh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I had to come back with another film. And you know what? I came back with a heavy hitter from 82, E.T., the extraterrestrial. And we're here to do this. So uh, this podcast is going to be working like a kind of a uh, court room where we have our opening statements about the film, what we love about it. <laughs> Why is it a great film compared to the other? Um, and then we rebuttal each other. And then we come to a conclusion at the end of whether these both films are good on their own. One's better. One's the other. We'll find out. If not, we'll let you decide at home. All right. Simple let's enough. get into this. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. Who would like to start? Well, since you you are the host, I think you should throw your hat down and your non-existent hat down and you know <laughs> you know what you know what from the, start with the oldest being from the 80s why not why not um et the extraterrestrial from 1982 uh starring d wallace henry thomas drew barrymore and lots of others spielberg created this film out of the ether because of his parents' divorce, because he had an imaginary friend, and E.T. was born from there. We have Henry Thomas playing Elliot. He discovers E.T. because E.T. himself was stranded on a planet because his race was looking for plants. He, they're botanists, and they, dis and they just leave him behind. And so throughout the whole film, we have this adventure of E.T. discovering Elliot and Elliot discovering E.T. And they decide to have misadventures while trying to call home. Or as they, he says, E.T. phone home. And so I just, this film is just a wonderful, whimsical film. It is just, I, I watched it, you know, I watch it occasionally. It makes me cry every time. And it's just peaceful how the John Williams score comes in and the theme comes in. It's great. Um, the main bad guys you don't see at first because they're like filmed from the waist below. And it's creepy. The it man so with creepy. the keys. That's the, the, keys. That's the, way, that's the way I think of it. He's like, oh, it's the guy with the keys. And that's his name in the movie. It's Keys because he doesn't have a name in, in the movie. His name is Keys, played by Peter Coyote. Uh, really good guy. Um, but yeah, that, like you watch that film and you're seeing these guys from the waist below. And it's like these guys are the bad guys. They're just mysterious. They see, oh, E.T.'s there. We're going to fight E.T. And they get closer and they get closer and they get closer. And then at the end, 
my God, once you see them pulling out the tubes and pulling out everything to get, you know, because E.T. is dying at the end. Yeah, 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 the aliens are dying in the film. It is sad, tragic. I, I it's, it's, it gives you a big roller coaster. You have some fun and some sad. And we have fun again. Now we go back to the sad times. Um, I just love how E.T. connects to Elliot so much. And then Gertie, too, by Drew Barrymore. She's so damn cute. And she's she so does good. it so well. She's so good. So good. Uh, give her credit because she thinks it's real at the time because there's a scene uh, when E.T.'s dying and uh, they're in the bathroom and you see all of them together. And then, you know, D, uh, Mary, uh, she plays the mother and she has to go in with Drew Barrymore and she thinks it's real. The E.T. is like real because it's a practical freaking costume with a head. And it's just like, we got to go in there. And she just thinks she, she just real reactions, pure reactions. And I love that because these kid actors, these kid actors, Josh, are amazing. <laughs> amazing. It's true. Yeah. Drew, Drew Barrymore is fantastic. Henry Thomas, if you've seen the audition he's made for the, the film, it is phenomenal. And he's still acting to this day. Still acting. And it's phenomenal. I just... You know, E.T. just has memories. You know, you, you relate to the kids. As I grow older, I relate to Michael, the older brother, because I just seem like the older brother type now compared to being a kid. And it's just, I love it. E.T. is a phenomenal film in Spielberg. Nobody ever talks about it. It's it's rare. Sure, it's in pop culture. Sure, the Amblin logo has E.T. and Elliot on the bike and the moon. Sure, you have the ride at Universal Studios, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I can I can agree that it is uh, a bit under-talked about. I won't say underrated, because, I mean, people, like, when it is thought of and rated, it's it's highly touted. It is. But, it is, um, but out of Spielberg's films, it, out of it is under, under-talked about, I feel under like. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn now, because I'm going to be talking Jurassic freaking Park, man. This movie was my childhood, all right? I absolutely love dinosaurs. And when I found that they were going to make a movie, I saw this thing four times in the theaters when it first came out. I've seen it more since then in the theaters because uh, they did the re-release and I'll guarantee you they'll do a re-release next year as well uh, with it being the 30th or the uh, 30th. Yeah. 30th yep. anniversary yep. coming up next year. But okay. So Jurassic Park, it's got Sam Neill. It's got Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, as Sir Richard Attenborough, great cast. Uh, I will say one thing that E.T. does have, I think, over over this movie, the kid actors. I'm not as big of a fan of the kids <laughs> in Jurassic Park as I am in E.T. I will say that. But they're not the main focus like they are in E.T. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really sort not of. that it doesn't really bother me uh, that much. This movie has everything that I want in a movie. It has wonder. It has excitement, fear. You know, there are scenes where it's like legitimately almost a horror movie. And it's like, I never knew how much I wanted a movie like this until I saw it. And I was nine years old when this movie came out. And like, 
I fell in love with it. It's the one of the movies that made me fall in love with film as a whole. Uh, it, it's the the from the practical effects that are just insane. You know, giant animatronic dinosaurs that he created. I mean, Spielberg. I feel like Spielberg needs to get back to doing creature films between E.T. and this and stuff. Like he needs to do some more practical effect creature films because, like, I love it. And, and he's damn good at it. Um, the score is one of my favorites of all time. I have it on vinyl. Like it's, it's a fantastic score. Wow. I absolutely love it. And I mean, you can't go wrong with having a shirtless Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> just saying, man, just saying it's fantastic. Uh, it's, I watched it again last night in prep for this. And I'm just, I was glued to the TV watching this thing uh just i i absolutely love it it's probably my favorite film of all time so yeah jurassic park let's do this oh jurassic park jurassic park i i tell you it's The kid actors. I was gonna bring that up. The kid actors in Jurassic (laughs) Park was the main I was trying to because I'm trying to specifically the girl the yeah. boys, uh, but that girl gets she just gets under my skin. I I had to because that's why I wanted to compare between the two films. There's there's a parallels because there's kids in both films, and the kids in my in ET are way better than the kids in Jurassic Park. And she's just sometimes there's that one scene with the Jello as the dinosaurs coming, and she's just shaking the Jello. Shaking the Jello. <laughs> a bug yeah. eye, just like what? The fuck? <clears throat> no, I just don't like that. It is like though she does I, get completely like snot covered at one point. So like, you know, you give and take with that character. <laughs> uh, true, that's disgusting. Disgusting. Ew. I had that thought in my head. Now it's fucking, fucking snot. Is it is bubble. it more disgusting than shoving your arm in a giant pile of tri- uh, triceratops poop? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it Jurassic Park is very much like a a, a horror film. It is because it's that scary moments with the dinosaurs. They're just like they're stuck on an island and they're yeah. trying to get the fuck out of there. That and, scene in the in the maintenance shed where uh, Ellie has to go down and, and flip all the breakers back on, and the the Velociraptors down there. She finds uh, Samuel Jackson's arm. It's that is a terrifying scene. It really is. It's, but it's, it's so well done. The cinematography is amazing throughout this entire film. It, it, every scene, it utilizes that cinematography in the perfect way to give you whether, whether it wants you to be afraid, whether it wants you to be like in awe of what you're seeing. It doesn't matter. Like it, it's done in such a perfect way. Yeah, I would admit the cinematography also in ET has really breathtaking moments. Like, there's a few shots of the sun. Sunrising. The problem I have with ET is that Spielberg went in and pulled a George Lucas and redid the shit. He yeah, actually did like a special uh, special they, edition with some of the. Yeah, that, that was part of my re- that was part of my research. I was I was like really for the for the the 20th anniversary or 30th anniversary with tales and two, they reissued it with special effects, but he has since disregarded it. And it's like, it's a mistake I made. And 
all the versions you see now are not the 2002 version, which is I, I've seen clips of it. It they they really I, dirty. Yeah, up I watched the side by side. I think you sent it to me, didn't you? I did. Side I did. by side. Yeah, I did. So I was like fascinated because I didn't know about mm-hmm. this. I, I I will admit I've only seen the film ET a few times. I I have it in my memory a lot because I have memories of ET. At first, as a kid, I was afraid of ET. Yeah, and, and watching as an adult now, I was like, oh, he's charming. He's funny. Yeah, he's uh, especially the scene it. There's, I love how their ET and Elliot are connected, like like telepathically, and uh, yeah. ET's drinking beer. And <laughs> Elliot feels it's all, it's cool. a funny scene because Elliot's yeah he's just like dropping down just under dropping. his desk. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> and mean, then he lets all the frogs go. Let the frogs go, and then. Et's watching the TV, and then it gives Ellie the mem- the idea to kiss the girl at yeah. just the way the TV was. It was that was a good scene alone. I love that how they do that back to back. And I I will admit that Mary, played by D D Wallace, the mother, she was so oblivious to Et at first. Just you know when he's sure. like roaming around, he gets hit in the head by the refrigerator door. Yeah. Oh, I just got some. This got like fun, quirky moments with ET because he's he's like a fish out of water. He's just there on Earth, just trying to experience everything, learning to talk, experiencing Gertie, Elliot, and all the kids, and trying to be quiet. He's got powers. He's just amazing. Yeah, Dee Wallace is a great actress, but I think she's very underutilized in this movie, and it it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when she when she does something, it glows. Like yeah, but that's my point. It's like. I feel like, like she's just not used enough or in a strong enough way because uh, it's, it's so focused on the kids, which makes sense. That's the story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, about, it's about the kids and their relationship to E.T. Um, but, yeah, it just – I don't know because like, there's a lot going on with her. You know, she's her husband just left her. She's like she's dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, they could dive into stuff with that and how it affects her a bit more. But it, it felt, it feels almost, the movie kind of almost feels rushed at times. Because um, I was watching it and it's like, he gets sick real fast. Mm, yes. You know what yes. I mean? And then everything yeah. just snowballs, boom, 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 at once that happens. You know, and so like, because like, it, I, I rewatched it earlier today and I'm just like, wait a minute, why did he get sick? You know, and it's like, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I was like, well, I, I'm, try- I'm making up it because they don't, they never explain it so like i have to make up reasons for myself you know i don't know right. if it was ever confirmed somewhere but it's not in the movie as to why he actually got sick so yeah it, it i will admit that does go a little bit fast and but it just goes <laughs> it goes tragic really quick i mean you see et just being all white and pale and then and yeah. elliot's you know, since they're, they're connected, Ellie gets the same thing. Oh my God! Is the moment where, oh Jesus Christ, the moment where they're in the woods trying to phone home, and ET's left behind, he's gone, disappeared, and Michael has to get up on his bike and ride and fight ET, and he's yeah. just ET's just laying out there by the creek, just yeah. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck, yo? Yeah, yeah, I watched this with my with my seven year old, and she was like, oh no, is ET dead? Because, I mean, he looks dead there, you he know? Does. He's just like a corpse on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was like a helicopter coming over, and so he like covers it with a sheet. 
And I'm sorry, but if a helicopter is coming over and if they're looking and they see you with something under a sheet, that doesn't that, that still looks very suspicious. <laughs> oh, no matter what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> That's still very suspicious, guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like but these two movies are like right around the same, they're pretty close to the same length. Uh I think E.T. is just under two hours and Dress Park is just over. Um, it's like a 10 minute difference. But E.T. felt way more rushed. You know, it felt like they were they had to cram more stuff in. Like it could have gone, they could have spread it out an extra 15 minutes. And I feel like it would have felt like it flowed a little bit better. Um, whereas to me, at least, I feel like Jurassic Park has a good pace. Uh, and it feels like there's a lot going on in that movie, uh, almost to the point where it's like, you could almost feel like it might be too much at times. Um, so I feel like that's, that's a good difference between those two, uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I will admit that there's actually a quote in Jurassic Park that actually sums up the whole Jurassic Park franchise. Uh, Ian Malcolm says it in the boardroom. Uh, part of the last, part of the last quote is like, you stood on the shoulders of geniuses that could apply accomplish as fast as you could before you even knew you had it you pat it package it and slapped a plastic lunchbox and now you have it you got it yeah and jurassic park is all all it is right now you see there's there's been there's the original trilogy tr- trilogy can't even talk tonight folks my god i am just bubbling <laughs> with words there's the original trilogy and then you got a new set of movies coming out like there's i haven't seen fallen kingdom and there's a new one coming out called Dominion. There's so many sequels. It's unbe- unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it it, 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 it doesn't. There, there's plenty of film franchises though that have a billion and a half sequels. I feel like <laughs> Jurassic Park didn't need to be a expanded upon storytelling franchise. It should have been left alone at Jurassic Park alone. Lost World we didn't really need. The third one well, was just. I, I don't know about the third movie, but. Like there, there was a sequel to the book. The Lost World was a book. Like Jurassic Park and The Lost World were books from Michael Crichton, and so like it makes sense as to why, because like the first one was very successful, so it makes sense that they would want to continue, especially since there was source material for it, even though they changed a lot from the books um, that compared to to what's in the in the movies. But it, to me, it makes sense that they would do that. Because there is source material, there was continued stories. And I mean, in the 90s, trilogies were like a big thing. So like it, I, I, I was expecting them to do that. Uh, when they decided to do Jurassic World, I was surprised and excited because I love the franchise, you know. Um, and I know a lot of people aren't the biggest fans of the Jurassic World movies. But I still like them. I don't know. And I like that they're finally going where I wanted them to go with the dinosaurs being out and loose in the world. That's what I wanted to have happen at the end of the second, uh, at the end of Lost World. You know, because I, I mean, they yeah. bring the T Rex to the mainland. I wanted right. things to, to happen there, but it didn't. Um, Unfortunately, such but, a uh, cautionary tale of trying yeah. to have a park with dinosaurs, and they told it about so many times. It's like, first time, sure, we're experimenting, let's just see how this works. Second time, oh, there's another island. Wait, there's another island. Wait, how many islands are there of dinosaurs? Yeah, that's 
there, there's islands. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, here, I'm just like, the, so much. The thing in. that I have to go back and rewatch all these movies because there's sure. a line in the first movie that makes me think, okay, so how are these movies still possible? They have what's called the lysine contingency. Lysine is an enzyme that they have to, they cannot produce themselves, but they need to stay alive. And if the, if the, the guys who run the park no longer provide them with this enzyme, they will die off. And they have these islands that nobody's like monitoring. How are they still alive? I got to go back through and see if they yeah. mention it. I, d- I honestly don't know. But like when I, when I rewatched it, I was like, huh, okay. They set something up that could have been interesting, but I don't know. I don't know what they did with it after that. I can't, I honestly don't remember. I just like I Jurassic Park was is huge. I, I remember it through my youth as well, and it's just dinosaurs were a huge fucking thing. And maybe I was a kid who loved dinosaurs, but watching Jurassic Park over and over, just I felt the film has its qualities. But to me, I just grew out of it. Honestly, I mean, you know, I I, I get you know the the thought of. You know, you just kind of grow out of it. But to me, again, this is my own. This is my opinion. That's why we're here doing this show. Exactly. Uh, the film, outside of just oh, it's the novelty of dinosaurs, and we're just talking about the first film. I'm not talking about all the right. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. This movie stands to me stands up as great filmmaking. You know, it's not just, oh, here's a dinosaur movie, because there's a thousand of those out there. You know, you go watch uh, sci-fi original movies, and there's a billion of them. You know what I mean? There's a billion dinosaur movies. But this one, it's like, this is the peak of dinosaur film. This is, this is one of, to me, one of the top creature films out there. Not just because it's got a great story, but it also has great effects it's got an amazing score everything about it uh is fantastic other than the kids acting uh the adults acting is is on point sam neil jeff goldblum at his like peak you know like this is this is great jeff goldblum in this movie it's probably one of my favorite roles that he's in like i love him in in uh in independence day but this uh, to me tops any of that type of stuff he's just completely uh gives this kind of raw performance as this egotistical, almost sex-driven guy that's, you know, he knows he knows exactly what he believes in, and he is willing to convince anybody of it. And he's right, you know? He literally says at the beginning, you know, yeah. life's going to find a way. And sure as shit, it does. You know, he, he is right, you know, in all of this. The world is chaos. It's exactly what it is. Uh, and it's like you grow up wanting to be, you know, like Alan Grant or, or Ellie, Ellie Sattler. But most people grow up and wind up being Ian Malcolm. You know what I mean? Like the, the more realist kind of guy who, who understands that this world is not, not as pretty as you think it is. So... <laughs> oh my god i mean <laughs> yeah we're all we're all a little bit Ian. yeah yeah i 
early on, this is this ET is. It's not. There's some big names in the cast. There's some, but it's heavily featured on the kids, and it's a kids' children's film with some crazy stuff going on. Uh, it felt like almost a independent movie because it wasn't. It is a blockbuster movie. It did. It was the highest grossing for the longest time until your film Jurassic Park uh, beat it out of the box office. So it took about what nine years for that to happen, which is phenomenal for Spielberg. But I, I love the look of E.T., the, the, the cinematography, like it's the night shots, and there's the the way you see the night sky with the moon, the iconic moon shot alone with the the bike is just I, 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 you know, I'll give you that. It's a great shot. It is. Uh, but I feel like there are far more iconic shots in Jurassic Park. You know, it's just... Yeah, maybe they didn't get themselves a, a, a studio logo out of it, but like, I feel like there are far more memorable and and epic looking shots in Jurassic Park. You know the 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 the, the T Rex at the end roaring as the banner falls down. Uh, the uh, again the, the T Rex out in the rain. That's that's a huge one that 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 they show whenever they're showing clips of great films they always tend to if they're going to pick a Jurassic Park one it tends to always be that one um, the the cup with the vibrations you know uh, there's a lot of a lot of really memorable just moments that make up this amazing film yeah son of a bitch <laughs> son of a bitch it's <sighs> It's, yeah, you know. Plus, you get the epic kitchen sequence. That, like, I was talking about how, like, there are parts of this movie that are like a horror movie. That one right there terrified me as a kid. You know, especially when when uh, when she's in, she's trying to cl- get into the like the I don't know what the hell it was the not a cupboard but whatever it was in the shelving area and she's trying to close the door and the, the raptor just comes running at her and crashes into it because she it's seeing the reflection of her man even watching it now i'm like you can't you can't tell that that's a reflection from the ang from the way they shoot it it's done expertly it's so it's so fantastically done yeah 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 the, practically the effects <laughs> Both films have a lot of practical work with some CJ mixed with it. Yeah. However, ET is fully uh, practical, where it's an animatronic head with uh, with few sh- uh, a few actors, short actors portraying the character. And there's one uh, fuck I forgot his name, but one of them was a person that didn't have legs, so he would actually walk on his hands to portray yeah. E.T., and it felt like he was, like, tumbling over, and it was, like, really a good way to give that the good look of it, and I just thought this, especially the Halloween scene where they, he's, they dressed him up as a ghost, and he's looking through the peepholes, mm-hmm. and he's like, and, yeah. And he sees cool. Yoda, and I gotta say, that Yoda costume, that's a damn good Yoda costume in that movie. <laughs> I don't know where they got that costume from, but it was really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, there's even like a nod, other nods to Star Wars. There's even a scene where Elliot's showing E.T. all the toys, and he's oh, yeah. pulling out all the toys. Yeah, he mentions he mentions Greedo, Lando, and Boba Fett. Like, yeah, none of the like big main characters, just a bunch of little side characters. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, he's like, no Luke, no Han, no Chewie, none of that. Nah, no, nope. you, you get the side characters, kid. That's yep, all your parents exactly. can afford. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's there's there's a stark difference between the two. They, there's the stories have like one's sad and emotional, but one's like a horror film, and you know, with some great dinosaur effects. I I don't it's know. It's just I, horror. It's it's a film of, uh, about wonder, really is what it is you know it's that that idea that anything is possible you know whether whether it should be done or not is a whole different conversation but anything is possible and and they prove that you know in in that film and I, i think i think spielberg really was able to grow over the decade between these movies uh, and and really harness his skills in these types of films uh, by the time he got to Jurassic Park because I think he was able to do it better personally. So yeah, that's that's true. That's often true. That is true. That's uh, it. I, I I just want this ET for me. I I I've, watching it again. I felt Spielberg because, like I mentioned in my opening statement is that he made this film because it's it, it echoes of his childhood life. It echoes yeah. to his divorce with his parents. And I, my parents are divorced and, you know, and of course I didn't create an imaginary friend like he did, uh, which is kind of sad to be honest, but um, I mean, a lot of kids like, do. Yeah. A lot of kids do. And I, I didn't do that myself, but I just felt like, my parents are divorced. I felt that pain. I saw, like, where's dad? Oh, dad's out doing something else. He's on a separate. Oh, look at that. And their mom's doing everything else. She's a hero. And, you know, and having that big brother, Michael, I saw, I don't want to play this card. I really don't want to play this card. But I have just to mention that my brother uh, passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, missing my big brother is a big thing. Watching Michael on screen, I was like, oh, crap, Michael. I totally forgot about Michael. Uh, in the film, he was like, you don't think about Michael as much because uh, you focus on Elliot more or Gertie. But Michael, yeah. he's a uh, he's a he's a Michael is kind of a, a dick at the beginning, but he has good character growth because he he really he does. He's there he does. for his for his siblings. Like he doesn't like he kind of like he jokes with them and, and like he doesn't really believe Elliot at first, obviously. But once he knows, like he's he's in all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I love that. That's that was probably the. I mean, then you got like the other kids, which was like Tyler, who was played by C. Thomas Howell. Uh, Tyler didn't do much, but Steve, my God, Steve in the in the film, he was just such a, a dick. That's the one with jokes. the headphones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was such yeah. a dick. <laughs> he was such a dick, but he was. He was the worst one out of the bunch. But, you know, at the end, all of them came together and believed in the cause. And that whole end scene, the chase scene, the escape, uh, that, that, and then the emotional goodbye when the spaceship comes back and he's saying goodbye to everybody. 
Yeah. It's 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 a damn good movie. Like I'm not gonna say that it's bad. Like I can't sit here and be like, "Oh, ET's a piece of shit," because that is not true. No. <laughs> I would be no. lying if I said that. <laughs> no, and uh, and I, Jurassic Park isn't like I. It is a great film. I just I don't know. Maybe I lost. Like, yeah, Jurassic Park has a better cast. It's a bigger film. It has. A lot more of a budget, my God! Uh, CGI, the revolutionary CGI. Like, but it's not just the CGI. The thing is, it's like it does have a lot of CGI, and you can see it uh, as but well. It's still, I mean, you can see the, the time, CGI in both these movies. But like, knowing that the scene in the rain where the T Rex busts through the roof of the of that mm-hmm. Jeep. That is all practical. That is all as an mm-hmm. anim- animatronic dinosaur. They're in there. That glass actually broke. Like it broke off the corner. Like if that thing hadn't held, it could have messed those kids up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like just yeah. knowing that he went through the process of, of doing that. Like he could have he could have CGI'd it if he wanted to. It yeah, probably wouldn't have, it would not have looked as good. I can there's no probably about it. It would not have looked as good. Yeah, and it also was a busy year for him because uh, he also was filming Schindler's List at the same time. Yeah, man, and he two, wasn't there for half. Completely different movies. Yes, yeah, yeah, insane, man. Yeah, he was. He wasn't even there for most of those shootings because he was shooting Schindler's List. And I've read that he, you know, when he gets dailies from Jurassic Park, he was so happy because Schindler's List is such a downer of a film. It's the <laughs> complete opposite. So you see dinosaurs, you know, the fact that he's able. To put out two like top tier films in the same year, Ooh, man, this guy. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean that that nine year difference makes a difference between his in his career. And I, I will admit, I took the earliest one possible within his career. He, it's probably what is this? Is like fourth or fifth film, uh, give or take. Uh, so he's still kind of like it's after Raiders. It's just I could have chose Raiders very very easily, but it's just like ET for me. Just I like I said, I never hear anybody mention it, and the, the parallels between the two with Jurassic Park just sung a little bit louder for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm I'm glad you picked ET because they do. I feel like it, it was a perfect match for it. Um, it's just. Again, for me, I feel like there's just uh, too much too much stuff that was done to a better degree in Jurassic Park, whether it be better CGI. And a lot of this could be because you know he had a decade to to perfect this stuff. The score is better, I think. In like, I'll be honest. To me, the score in ET isn't all that memorable. Now, maybe it is to some people. I know you're a big music guy. Uh, but for me, I'm like, I'm sitting here. And I'm like, and I literally just watched this movie. I can't, I couldn't hum the, any of the music from that movie. I can hum some Jurassic Park m- music, though. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, like, that, like I said, the the effects, I think, were done better. Um, the only thing really that it's got going for it is uh better kid acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're just at a draw because we can't like really 
because we have our opinions of on our films, but we just can't like. There's some kind of commonality in in the middle. I think, but... I think these two films are probably hard because it seems like they're both very very tightly tied to our childhoods. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um So that is why, folks, we left it up to you. And uh, a little while back, we put out a Twitter poll, and uh, I'm sorry to say, Mike, ninety percent picked Jurassic Park. Of course, over at ET. So I'm sorry, little ET. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Your day son has come. <laughs> And, you know, in spite of what I said about it or try to say about it, I don't mind. Like I said, Jurassic Park is, uh, is a damn good one, and I even have it on DVD. So, uh, uh, so. I have ET on Blu-ray, and what? <laughs> and it's got, like, the clamshell case. Yeah, so, so I, I'm, like not, I'm not mad. Case. I'm not mad. So, I, I, it's for the first battle of the decades, the 90s win. That's for damn sure. Ding, ding, ding. There it ding, is, folks. Ding, ding, There it is. The 90s Jurassic Park takes this one. Uh, but both amazing films. If you have not seen them, watch them. If you haven't seen them in a while, watch them. If you yes. saw them yesterday, I don't care. Watch them Watch again. them. They're yes, both fantastic. We, uh, yeah, so, we highly uh, recommend yeah. both. Just watch them. Absolutely. Regardless. So, yeah, that's... Uh, it's a little bit of a rough battle for the first one, but as we get into the series, we'll get our passions, our debates a little bit clearer for each of our films next time on the Battle of the Decades. Yes. What uh, what category are we doing for our next episode, Mister Mike? We can tease, uh, we can tease it up a little bit. Yes, we give, can. Giving it away. If, if I remember correctly, give me a sec to pull up our Google Sheets of this. Um, ah, the next one. Uh, next category is action comedy. All action right. comedy. Yes. So uh, keep an eye out for a Twitter poll. You know, uh, we will we'll put something out, and then you'll you'll be able to see what our choices are and how that will shake out. And then join us because it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. I'm actually really excited for action comedy for sure. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a blaster of an episode. Uh, if you enjoy what you see here for uh, Battle of the Decades, please just give it support. Uh, we want to grow this show into what it is today. Um, because I just, debating is such a, a powerful thing with us. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So Joshua, you can follow Joshua. Where can Josh follow you? Well, you guys can follow me at JP Rayner. That's J P R A Y N O R on Twitter, as well as at Movie Blog Merc. That is the Twitter page for uh, my site right here, Merc on the Movie Blog. Uh, you can follow me on there, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Make sure to follow all those uh, those joints. Anchor. Uh, we've got a podcast network over there. Uh, you can uh, get us on Apple, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms as well. So be sure to uh, check us out. And Mike, where can they find you? Yeah, they can always follow me at Mike Mixtape uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I have my own podcast stuff, which I'm trying to push out and I'm trying to send here and there. I do do prime picks on the podcast feed here. 
And uh, those episodes are coming very soon. I promise you I have one edited. I need another one to edit. I need to record another one. Anyways, don't really mind about Prime Picks. Uh, the main one I do is Into the Grid, which is my Power Rangers podcast that I do with Sean. And Joshua here has been a, a guest on several episodes in the past. And he's going to oh, yeah. come on in a future episode for our fourth season, which we are recording right now. So whoop, whoop, yes. Into the Grid. Go Into the Grid on Twitter. Check it out, anger.fm slash Into the Grid. And if you want to check everything else that I do, just check out my Twitter bio at Mike Mixtape, which is a lot of other podcasts that I'm trying to push out. So that is me, yo. Sounds good. We'll see you next time when we battle the decades.